0: The movie Gods of Egypt. A, I guess, sort of action flick, I guess, about Egyptian gods and lore and things from the year 2016. So, let's strap in, get ready, and let's hop right into it. Okay get started. So, Gods of Egypt. Movie made in 2016. Kinda, you know, was looking for something else I could, sort of, well, I didn't initially plan on doing a big old review on this. I think I was just thinking to myself, like, you know, I didn't get to see this whenever it first came out, and it looked kinda cool, and then I also did hear, like, mixed reviews about it and stuff. But uh, eventually I was like, oh, hey, I found it somewhere. I was like, let me check this out. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. It's pretty cool. It's, you know, a movie about Egyptian lore and all that good stuff. A lot of the things that usually come to mind, you know, Horus, Set, all that sort of things. Osiris. Um, but uh, the story is centered around these two mortals, you know, uh, Beck and Zaya. Uh, Beck is the main main guy we're going to be following around a lot in this film. You know, he's just a normal everyday human living in ancient Egypt. Um, you know, and the way, I guess I should try and paint you a picture. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, you know, we kind of get a pan over of the ancient, you know, city of Egypt and things and they made it look really cool and lively and stuff and you know, the way everything was set up was really nice. Um You know, and as we kind of pan over, we start to zoom down into, you know, in between the buildings and all that stuff, and we zoom in to see Beck doing whatever he's doing. And we immediately get to see him, like, you know, interacting with the extra villagers and, or citizens and stuff like that. Going over to a shop and, you know, eyeballing some, I can't talk, eyeballing some merch and stuff. And, you know, he ended up stealing some, which I'm like, oh, cool, so we're kind of, falling around like a thief or whatever type roguelike type of guy and you know he's running and running doing whatever the guys are chasing after him the guards and stuff and he eventually ends up getting back home to I guess the person he's in this relationship with which is uh, Zaya Um, you know and you kinda get a little backstory through their dialogue as they're talking about you know the life that they we're hoping to have, and this, this, and that, when they, I guess, move there, or I guess to that section of Egypt, I guess, and he's basically like, oh yeah, I promised you a good life, and this, this, and that, and I'm going to do everything I can to secure that, which is nice to see them sort of doing, or discussing, you know, that sort of dynamic and things, and how he's providing that good life, which, yeah, as you're seeing, they have like a cutesy little, like, things like, oh, stole again, type of thing, you know, it was like, well, yeah, you know, I'm trying my best to make sure everything's good in the house, and if I have to steal a few things, so be it, type of thing, it's kind of his idea about it, because I think at the beginning, he stole her, like, a, don't know if it was a dress or something, I think it was a dress, but, yeah, little things like that, he's just like, you know, I'll get what I can, and, but if I have to, like, get my hands on things, I will, type of thing, um, so that was fun to see them kind of just being cute about it. Hey, this is our lifestyle. This is what we kind of have to go through. Um, <clears throat> I want to say that Zaya, which is the main character's love interest, works for some sort of rich guy. or oh, He might be like an oligarch or something like that in Egypt. Um, and also has some sort of like leeway with... Well, that specific guy, I think, ends up getting some sort of leeway with one of the gods later. Um, Which is kind of cool to see that somebody can get in that type of position. But um, yeah, we're following Beck. He's doing his thing. Um, And as we're done, uh, as we're getting done, you know, seeing Beck and Zaya's relationship, which are the people that we're a little more attached to, that we're going to be sort of kind of following through this story. We end up seeing this huge ceremony happening, which is, I want to say, the crowning of, you know, the king of Egypt and this, this, and that. Not so much like, you know, like, pharaohs and that type of stuff. It's the gods having their own little ceremony, and I want to say it's like Osiris handing off some sort of crown to Horus. And as things are happening, um, Set shows up. With a horn or a present or something, you know, as a like, oh hey, congratulations on becoming king, type of thing. And you know, Horace is quite the disruptive type. He did come in the middle of the ceremony. He was like, oh, you're late, but yada yada. Hey, I came with gifts. Um, which was a nice way to kind of play off the next part, which is you know, Horace gives it to Horace. He's like, here you go, and it's basically like a horn or a war horn kind of type of thing. He blows it, and next thing you know he's like, oh man, somebody heard that. Trying to just play a little joke on him. And next thing you know, for some reason, this dude's just rolling deep with a million soldiers, just running into the, I don't even know, I almost called it a cathedral. I don't know what that place would have called, but kind of just rushing the stage almost and surrounding it and blocking out all the citizens and stuff that were there for the ceremony. And then they're kind of like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Osiris is kind of talking to um to set, you know, the troublemaker in the situation. He was like, wait, what's what's all this mean? And you basically end up finding out that as the two were growing up, you know, into this whole, I guess, godhood scenario, that one was kept in I wanna say one of them was kept within the kingdom to grow and do whatever and train and stuff to become that type of god or whatever you might need to be to become king and the other one was not banished but he might as well have been but basically set off sent off to the desert to grow up so he had a much harsher I guess reality than um than set did oh wait no Horus, dang it set had a more you know harsh reality than Horus. dang it I can't even keep up with the two guys Okay, I'm going to start over. (laughs) Set had a rougher time growing up than Horus did. Horus is the one that grew up within the kingdom. And I want to say, like, I don't know if any of you guys are, like, having a hard time remembering who's who, I guess. I can't remember each and every god's, like, thing. Because, you know, with gods, everybody's like, oh, I'm the god of this, 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 and that. And they just pull out a whole laundry list of, like, things they're god of. But, um, yeah, I I remember at least that most of the time, whenever they depict Horus, he's like this... Man with like the head of like a hawk or some sort of bird or whatever, and I want to say that Set's usually depicted as a man with the head of like a jackal, which is I guess some sort of weird like dog-looking thing. Um, but those two kind of already have like a history within you know Egyptian mythology, and it's basically as you're going through the movie, you sort of see that like oh it's kind of like a rehashing or retelling of the story of Horace versus Set, and it was, you know, it's a really cool one, but of course you can tell that throughout the movie they did take some creative liberties, and, you know, it's only lightly based off of the Horus and Set thing. They keep the Horus and Set, but follow the humans around through the journey, through also, you know, giving them something to grow on, while also assisting the gods with whatever hectic sort of situation that Set may have started towards the beginning of the movie. Um, oh yeah, speaking of that. So, yeah, Set came and interrupted the ceremony for Horus being crowned king of Egypt. Um, you know, Set's coming in, he, you know, caused a lot of trouble. Not gonna say who, but somebody does end up, you know, getting smacked at the beginning of this movie real easy, like, and you would hope that he wouldn't go down that easily, but he does. Um,. So yeah, that comes in, kills one of them, one of the gods, and ends up, you know, giving his nice little, I'm the bad guy speech almost, being like, okay, so, which I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty cool to see that. He kind of came in, surprised Horus with a gift, made him blow the war horn that called his soldiers in, and basically was like, okay, so all you other gods that aren't this person, bow down to me, or you're, or I'm gonna kill you. Which is kind of cool. And then he looks to the uh, crowd of people and is like, You guys either worship me or get enslaved. And I'm like, Okay, that that's one way to take over a spot. So now Set is done this thing. He's in this huge battle with Horus now. Because, uh, you know, he's like, Wait a minute, you can't just come in and do all this. I'm standing right here. So they get in the fight and all this stuff. And, um,. One thing I did notice, um, with the ceremony thing, because I was wondering, like, well, they're gods, and they're always depicted a certain way, but everybody looks like humans, and I'm like, which is fine, it makes sense, you know, you can't have everybody looking like, you know, bird people, but, you know, I was sitting there doing their thing, they were doing their thing whenever they were battling, and you see that, like, oh, everybody has, like, a transformation, so it's almost like a, um... The gods have this look to interact with the humans, but they still have their divine forms type of thing. And their divine forms are so, look more or less like, I know it's technically them, but they're almost like bodies of armor type of thing, to where they get larger, even larger than they already are. That's another thing I noticed too, tangent, but like, the gods are like, noticeably larger in a really weird way. Whenever you see them, like, interacting with the humans, all of them kind of just naturally sort of tower over normal guys, which was funny in certain scenes and kind of odd to see. But, yeah, that that aside, they'll grow bigger and they have this, like, sort of shiny, almost metallic, like, skin look and stuff like that, like, like armor, and they'll turn into their little bird look or jackal or whatever the heck that god is usually depicted as in, you know, the scrolls and the pictures and stuff like that, they have more similar looks to that whenever they have their transformations, and then they just come back to their humans for all their normal, sort of normal fight scenes and dialogue and things with the mortal characters. Um, so, I at least, I at least sort of like that one. I wish there was more of that for some of the other ones because I did want to kind of see certain ones um, transform, but their situations never really came around or maybe they weren't even the combative type of god and this is and that so we there are certain ones that we see more of and others that we never really got to see a form um the god designs were still pretty cool even for them to be in you know human dress up and all this other stuff you know they do the whole like traditional kind of like how pharaohs and stuff are kinda like dripped out in gold and all this nice stuff. They kinda did that for them at least to make them look like, okay, yeah, these are some sort of royalty and this, this and that. Um one thing I did notice was that <laughs> the only guy that wasn't a humanoid type of guy was the was a was a which is <laughs> the god of death. It was like the only one I could like call off death like off the rip, like, Oh yeah, the god of death but freaking, yeah, Anubis was like the only one that was like fully CGI, or whatever, because they have to do like a whole crazy like animation design for him poofing into existence, like he, it was like this cool like sand spinning thing from the ground that happens, and then he'll appear, and he's this giant dog man, and then whoever's there, he's like, oh you're dying, okay cool, we're taking you to, taking you to hell, cool, let's go, and then both of them swirl into the ground. <laughs> and to like this sand tornado thing um which i'm not gonna lie it was pretty cool but it was kind of odd to see like oh everybody else is human except for anubis um which that means like he probably doesn't even have a transformation that's necessary see he's one of the people we didn't get a transformation for because you know he's kind of just doing his job being the death dude so there's that anubis was a cool design everybody looks pretty like dope for the most part it was weird to see it because at first I was just like I think I had heard about it but I again I had never seen it at the time but they were like I think online people were like yeah this is kind of a whitewashy movie and I imme- yeah I did immediately like notice it it was just sort of like oh well, this is a cool alternate sort of thing that's its own little storytelling that way I could just enjoy it but there were moments where I was like okay (laughs) like dang like I remember I got to like I want to say Ra which is like I think he's like the god of the sun and stuff like that and he's kind of like that main sort of dude I guess like he's almost like a a Zeus figure like oh hey he's the father of most of the gods in the pantheon and stuff like that And he was just this really really old white dude (laughs) I'm like okay yeah his design was still cool enough for me to be into it but it was funny just notice like oh hey there's another old white guy that's played a god, and Osiris is played by another old dude, Yada yada. this, is and that, so I understood where the whitewashing thing came from, but the god's designs were at least still cool enough for me to not be completely brought out of the story. Um, <laughs> the only one that wasn't, like, a white guy was, like, Thoth, the god of, I want to say he's, he, I think he's basically, like, the god of knowledge and intelligence and all that stuff. And he was played by Chadwick Boseman, which was kind of cool. I didn't know he know he was in the movie. Uh, i only seen, like, a few different movies with, like, him in it, like, Black Panther. I think I saw some other thing that I can't really remember. And then one where he was, like, a cop. I really enjoyed that movie, and I'm mad I can't think of the name right now. But, yeah, Chadwick played Thoth, the God of Intelligence, and things. His design was really cool, and he had a nice little, like, um not really a gag, I don't know, what what's the word for it? I don't know, he had, like, this cool little thing where they, you know, they walk into his, um, his chambers and stuff, and, you know, he is the god of intelligence, so he has, like, multiples of him walking around, learning and reading and constantly making note and of different things that he's finding in the environment and in the world and, that, and stuff like that, so he's, like, this big old, like, hub of intelligence, basically, which was kind of cool, because that means, like, he needs multiple of him to constantly be just making note of things that we, as a human race, and as some sort of form of life, are learning constantly, and he's basically the area where you can get all that sort of information, I guess, um, so that was cool to see, and he was one of the people I wish we could have seen, like, his cool little, like, God transformation, because he's also, like, some sort of, like, half-bird type of dude or whatever but then again he's not really like the battle type again he is the god of intelligence and learning and writing and all this other stuff that he's a part of like I said every god has like a grocery list of oh yeah I'm the god of this but I'm also this this and that you know and he also had that long list um but yeah like I said god design in this movie was pretty cool yeah, there were a lot of people that didn't necessarily look like they would have been from that region, but they're guides. It's an action movie. Things aren't necessarily purposely going to be accurate all the time, you know, so I can understand that. The thing was that that was kind of funny, it was like like the Chadwick thing. He was like the only one that looked like he might be from this area, you know, but the, the crowd of people and the citizens of Egypt did look accurate. That was the funny thing. Like, that was the most accurate point a representation of people from egypt because it looked like it was mixed up enough to where like oh yeah these people look like they would legitimately live in this type of environment or whatever and i'm not saying everybody needs to look like you know i don't even know i'm not saying everybody needs to look that accurate because you know again it's it's a dumb little action movie but it was kind of weird to see like dang dude these guys are gods over here are pasty as heck but these villagers actually represent what type of people were living there um so yeah the god design was cool the environment and the city of egypt itself were cool the people made it the people and the citizens and things living within the city of egypt made it more believable and made me more sort of immersed in the story because i got to see like oh hey here's these cool accurate representations of this this and that and I'm not all like, oh, representation, representation, but it is kind of see like, okay, hey, this is more of an idea of what this would look like if it was semi, sort of semi-realism something going on within the story. Um, oh yeah, but like I said, this was sort of a retelling of the story of Horace versus Set, or Horace and Set and things, um, So they, you know, took some creative liberties and things about how to handle that and where to go with the story and involving the humans so we had a more grounded take on godly issues, you know. And I know, like, at the beginning, as he was sort of, like, enslaving everybody, he immediately kind of set in a rule of, okay, so these gods, all the gods listen to me now because I won my fight and Horus is injured now and we have to go through this thing so I'm in control and he basically made it to where so when you die you're no longer allowed to just go up there and be judged from now on you are judged by the amount of riches you have on earth and I'm like oh okay that's interesting so it's basically like if you're poor you cannot buy your way into heaven almost it's kind of like that situation so when Anubis comes to pick you up you need to have some sort of gold or something on you and a satisfying enough amount for them to be like, oh yeah, you're good, you can can have a good afterlife. And if you come in there with like a singular silver coin or something like that, you're going straight to hell. So it's like, it's wild to think about that's what he set up immediately when he got the crown, but that's what ended up happening. Um, So again, it gave you a really grounded issue, or it gave you this sort of weird godly sort of conflict and issue and grounded us by attaching us to Beck throughout the entire movie and how he's sort of navigating things and trying to get everything back right. Um oh yeah and that was another thing. Beck and Zaya, the the two humans I mentioned at the beginning. Um so again we're following Beck and Zaya is you know, his love interest, the thing that they kind of made clear at the very beginning was that, you know, Beck does his thing, he does what he needs to to get by and survive and yada yada, and, you know, stealing sometimes is part of that, right? He doesn't believe so much in the gods, which is kind of cool to see that sort of dynamic and, and like, thought kind of crossing my mind of, like, oh, yeah, there's probably people in ancient Egypt that didn't believe in all this there's a giant bird man in the sky that raises the sun up every day, you know, and yada yada. So it's kinda see it's kinda cool to see these two were in a relationship and one of them was like, Oh, the gods are whatever and one of them being like, No, no, I really, really believe in the gods and one day they're gonna come and do this, this and that and they're taking care of us and religiously just praying and yada yada and really being like, No, man, I believe in Horus. So it was it was fun to see them being in such a cool relationship and then being so opposed on something as simple, not simple, but something so big as like gods and what they're like believing in religion wise Um, and that set up certain moments for when Zaya's not around and they're trying to figure out certain issues Beck is running in to, or having run-ins with certain guys and stuff through the sort of trials and stuff he has to, let me see how to say this, the things he's trying to do to get her back into the situation and things, because things get real complicated later. But um, they kind of have like a cool moment where Beck walks into the chambers of Horace after he was defeated by Set towards the beginning of the movie. And they had a cool sort of like never meet your heroes type of moment um, where Beck's kind of walking around And he comes in with something that Horace had been looking for for a while. And um, basically having to bribe him, be like, no, help me do this so you can get your power back and we can all, you know, set this right. But like Horace being in the state that he was, he had lost whatever to set. And, you know, he's in pain. He's not as strong as he was because what he took from him took part of his like godly power away. So, it was sort of like, oh, dang, you're not as awesome as, you know, my girlfriend said you were, type of thing. Kind of being like, oh, man, she believed in you, yada, yada, and now you're here, and you've ran away, and you're not helping us, and all this sort of thing. So, you got to basically see, like, Becky yelling at this really just bitter god that could probably, you know, end him still, because he's still a god at the end of the day, but he's kind of weakened in this in this state, and he's basically just like... Man, you're not much of anything right now. I thought we were supposed to believe in you guys, your gods, and you failed us. And it was kind of fun to kind of see that, yeah, never meet your heroes type of moments because it ends up being a letdown sometimes. Um, but yeah, him having to deal with Horus and all that stuff, and also the whole having to buy your way into heaven. Um, and I'm not sure if this is, like, a part of the Egyptian Lord thing. Like it's probably, it probably is, and I just don't remember. But I guess during the battle towards the beginning, um, Horus's eye was stolen, and that's what ended up um, kind of draining his power because I think that's his main sort of weapon is, like, Horus has, like, you know, eyes like a hawk type of thing, you know? And they kind of use it. They use cool little cgi effects and yada yada to kind of show like oh yeah this is what he does with his eyes that make him such a precise warrior and this this and that so whenever you take one away from him it's kind of like oh hey you've taken part of what makes him so powerful as a god away you know you've taken that away um so like i said beck came into the chambers with i want to say he came in there with his eye which was kind of fun to see that scene um of how he got a hold of it um Cause they were set up by that rich guy and stuff and all that stuff that I was talking about. Um, man, that was weird. Freaking, that dude did get in like real tight with um with set the rich guy towards the beginning and they have some interesting plot points with Zion and things and who all's getting in trouble for what that ends up causing extra death and conflict in the city and stuff and it was just a real interesting take on. Like I'm just really into how I guess Set came in and took over things and was just like, Okay, so no more this is just dying regularly and going to wherever you go to. You guys need money, pay your way into the afterlife. It was a really easy not easy. It was a really cool, harsh way of kind of coming in, and taking over things and creating a protagonist for everybody to really, really need to overcome. Um And the fact that, you know, there's kind of almost like an Infinity War type of thing going on where, like, he's taking different things from different areas and different tools, um, different divine tools and stuff like that that were created by the gods, and basically trying to make himself this super king-type figure that's more worthy of being king than Horus is. So he kind of came in, stole the crown... And held it for a while At least Um But yeah Later on they end up kind of Teaming up Boris ends up finding I want to say it was Oh no 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 ha- I think it's like Hothor Which is she's some sort of goddess of Love and Beauty and all sorts of other stuff Like I said grocery list of things That you're a god of or goddess of, so she's Horace's, um, love interest within the movie, and when he, when a uh, Set came in and stole the crown, he basically ended up stealing her, too, she's basically having to live with him, and she doesn't really have too much of a choice, because, again, he could probably kill everybody there if he really wanted to, um... So the goddess of love and this, this and that is stuffed with Set and doing whatever he has to or has or wants to do until Horus can somehow gain his strength and they get all the tools they need to go retrieve her and retrieve any other tools they need to complete the mission. Um, but yeah, in a more I guess overall sense, the the movie was cool. The movie was fine the um it was a lot of entertainment there was a cool like that really dope like snake scene where those two chicks were riding like the giant snake and they were trying to get to I think they were trying to get inside some temple or something um all that type of stuff was really fun to see different just depictions of ancient mythology and things you probably used to learn about in school so it's kind of cool to see some dramatic what's the word dramatization dramatization something like that some dramatized version of all those things you learned about in textbooks and all that stuff um kind of come to life and be real cool looking armor and shiny and all this other stuff you know cgi makes a lot of stuff a lot more entertaining let's just say that um but yeah overall the movie was a lot of fun good action scenes interesting take on gods and ancient egyptian lore and you know the Horace and set story, and just seeing everybody be depicted in different ways, and just kind of again seeing the different issues and things that the gods have to deal with, but humbling you and giving you a more grounded perspective on how well on the scale of the issues by attaching it to a human character and the different things that he was afflicted with because the gods are the way they are. So it gives you, again, this perspective, like, oh, this is how the gods are, and these are the mistakes they made, and this is how they affect humanity, while also seeing, like, hey, humanity's sitting here trying to fix it, in a way, while also trying to help the gods get their crap together. Um, But, yeah, that alone was really interesting. The god designs were great, all that stuff. The big old sort of ultimatum that set set up in the very beginning of having to buy your way into heaven... It was a really, really nice form of motivation to, you know, get, get everybody up and going and trying to figure out, like, okay, so either I need to get this money or we need to get that guy out of power. Um, so, again, just, it wasn't, again, it was an amazing movie, but it was a cool dynamic and a really cool way to retell this ancient story from Egypt. And, you know, as well as just sort of redesign and just have fun, some sort of creative liberty with the original story. Because, again, it was only loosely based off those characters. It seems like they kind of took the characters and the gods and said, let's go wild, let's do this, but kind of sort of base it off this one storytelling point or whatever in history. And we'll keep it pushing from there. Um, But yeah overall i enjoyed it. it wasn't amazing the only thing that was off-putting was the fact that yeah the whitewashing was a thing it wasn't so annoying the way it brings you out of the movie but you notice it but other than that it was a really it was a lot of fun everybody was cast pretty well i could believe the characters when they were well most of the characters i could believe most of the characters when they were sitting there speaking as these divine beings or people of strength and things and you know it was a lot of fun for me. Some of these movies I think were just getting harder raps than we we really needed to give them, you know. And you know, if you if you need clicks they're probably gonna say whatever the heck to get the clicks and yada yada. But at the end of the day I think this was a half decent movie, you know. So if you ever find yourself, you know, bored and you're just like, Oh, I feel like <laughs> looking at a movie about gods or something, then yeah, Gods of Egypt is fine. I don't think it was too terribly long I don't think so it might have been maybe right at two hours maybe like two hours and like some chance. two hours maybe six minutes maybe it might have been 150 I don't know I need to check again but yeah that being said I'm glad you guys stopped by um because you know you didn't have to you didn't have to click on this episode you could have been doing anything else but you decided to come here and listen to me I'm extremely extremely grateful um you know hope you're having a good day and, you know, take care, all that good stuff. And, you know, stay pretty. people one out.